0: You're listening to e-commerce Marketing School, presented by Privy and Printful. Before we get into today's episode, here's a quick shout out to our sponsor. Printful prints custom products on demand for online stores and ships each order to their customers around the world. Their mission is to help people follow their passion and turn ideas into brands and products. Printful works with the most popular e-commerce platforms and marketplaces. So connect your store, choose from their catalog of over 250 products, upload your designs, and they'll automatically fulfill your orders on demand. No monthly costs. You only pay when you get an order. So today I'm here with longtime Privy customer Jason Wong. Here's my take on Jason. He's a little bit of like an internet phenom. I don't know how you do it, Jason, but he's the founder of Doe Lashes, which is a seven figure brand. We'll cover that today. He runs Wong House as well, which is a bit of a holding company, kind of like helping brands with everything from sourcing and manufacturing to influencer marketing. He's got thousands of followers on his own personal accounts. We can't all be Jason, but we can definitely learn a lot from him. Welcome, Jason. Awesome to finally meet you, man. Thank you, Ben. I've been a long-time customer since
1: my first Shopify store back in 2014. So, I mean, this is the first time we actually had a face-to-face conversation. I'm excited.
0: <laughs> That's amazing.
1: So you actually, you've had businesses before Doe? Oh yeah. Doe like my eighth e-commerce store. I've been using, not that I want to come on here just to push preview, but I actually installed Preview as my first app on my first store years ago because that was like really the best pop-up solution. So, and ever since then, just been on here, on the app
0: too. Amazing, amazing, cool. So let's hear, so you're 23, yep. you've started eight stores and now you're working on Doe. Is Doe, which you know, I think of as a huge quickly scaling brand, like is Doe the biggest brand that you've worked on?
1: Yeah, at this point, yes. But for the longest time, it was really just a side passion project for me. I want to challenge myself and see if I can get into... An industry that I frankly can't say I know too much about, but that was a fun part for me. E commerce for me is learning. I, I love learning a lot and diving into beauty, which I had no prior experience with, was challenging, but it was just so fascinating and, and rewarding too.
0: It's inspiring, man. So tell us, like, how did you first come up with the idea for dough? Because I assume, you know, maybe you are, maybe you're not, but you're probably not solving the problem for yourself, right? Now,
1: it was an interesting time a year and a half ago when I was noticing my girlfriend putting on her lashes and the lashes are typically the last part of everyone's beauty routine. You know, they do their face, they do their brows, yada, yada, yada. And then they do the put on their eyelashes. That's usually the last step. And I was like, okay, you spent that much time on the makeup routine already. Why are you spending even more time on the lashes And the the response was that, well, it's really hard to put on. And when you put it on, you have to adjust it. And then after you put it on, it's really uncomfortable. And for me, I like to observe uh, as much as I can. And one of the things I noticed was that it just wasn't comfortable for her throughout the day. And me being a product designer at heart was intrigued. I was like, can I make something better? Like, there's no way that there isn't something better out there. And I spent months researching. I even flew to China to look at the supply chain test things my own based on objectives rather than, you know, putting it on to my eyes, but like lay it all out. And, you know, four or five months later, Dale was born.
0: Amazing. And I remember you said somewhere, like, it's not like you raised money for this business, right? So you you basically started on no budget. How do you go from zero to seven figures in a year and a half with no budget? Like, let's actually start with how did you get your first sale?
1: Yeah. So The reason why I went no budget is because after starting my eighth store, which is Dell, I realized that there is this framework that I can follow that can continuously create store and test these concepts without investing a large amount of money. So I was like, can I do this at a low budget? And if I can, can everyone else can? So this is really just like an experiment for me at first. And so I used $500 to purchase inventory. I spent the other $60 on, well, $29 on Shopify plan. And the remainder, on purchasing a domain. So I have all the receipts for that. And after I received it, it was 200 pairs of lashes because that was really all I could buy at the time with that budget. I sent about 60 pairs out to micro influencers that I felt like fit my buyer persona. These are people that have 10,000 to 50,000 followers who typically are small enough to not charge money, but big enough to have somewhat of an influence. And for me, all I had to do is get one sale to break even, really. Two-cell, amazing. Three-cell, well, it really proves out the model. And so my first few sales was really just through micro-influencers.
0: Nice. You weren't like paying these people like traditional influencers. You were just saying, hey, if I send you some product, will you post about it? Or were you just sending them product, hoping they liked it and posted about it?
1: The latter. We don't ask for anything specific. There's no deliverables sequence as a gift. One of the things that people get wrong the most about influencer marketing is that they think it's a transaction but influencer marketing is really about relationships it's about giving and not expecting anything back and if you can't do that then it's really not the right path for you the reality is that most of them won't post for you because they get you know dozens of people doing the same exact thing that you're doing so for us we really try to follow this organic and natural path of working with them and establishing the relationship and we send them products in with the narrative that, hey, we actually just made something new. I think you'll really like it. Why don't you give it a try? You don't have to post. And you know if your product is good, and which I'm confident about, they do end up
0: posting anyways. That's amazing. And so what you're like, searching for people that are posting about certain hashtags that have you know anywhere from 10 to 50,000 followers, and then reaching out to them in their DMs to get their address or what? Yeah,
1: several ways to go about it. I do try to think about what kind of customers what wear my product. And then I take a look into it. Usually the first step is taking a look around my friend group, see who they follow, what are some neutrals, and then reach out to them. Once you get five, the beauty about the Instagram algorithm is that it will recommend you more people within that niche. So once you follow one, they're like, hey, there's these people who are also similar to it, and you also reach out to them. And you go from five to 10 to 50, And that's how I built my initial PR list was just entirely through that. I reached out to them like, hey, Ben, you know, I love the content that you're making. We are launching a new lash right now and we want to give it to you to try. Can I get your address? There's nothing that they need to give besides their address. They don't have to promise to post to get it. They don't have to give you anything really. Love it. And for them, it was a very easy way in.
0: And so then you were like sitting back and seeing handfuls of these people actually post and you're like, oh shit, like there's a sale. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. And one of the beautiful thing about influencer marketing is that it really is able to, in a sense, kill two birds or three birds with one stone. For me, once I work with an influencer, one, I'm able to validate the idea and I understand what narrative works best with their audience because their captions, I know what gets the most engagement based on how they promote the lashes. Number two, I get the asset to use on pay eventually or use them on my organic social media channel. And then number three, I'm actually able to get real-time product feedback from the people that actually use as a product. So for me, that was literally the cheapest way for me to do the most things.
0: Amazing. That's like a masterclass in micro-influencers from Jason (laughs) from Doe Lashes. Uh, It's amazing value. Really, really cool to hear. All right. So You know, I follow you. I learn a lot from you. I dig it. One of the things that I've seen you be very vocal about um, in your journey with Doe, especially, is investing in organic channels, right? Namely, SEO. And I know you're an avid Privy fan, too. So on the email side, but like, can you share a little bit of numbers or growth, whatever you're comfortable with around SEO and, and what that does for the overall business?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we started SEO in about June of 2020. So about nine months ago. And what we have saw was three times increase in organic traffic. Wow. And purchase also was parallel to that. And there's a few things that we did to make that happen. Number one is backlinks. We created a lot more backlinks that leads back to a website through specific keywords. So when people search you know, how long do eyelashes last? What are the different eye shapes? You know, can I remove glue off this? Yada, yada, yada. We create blog posts around that and have backlinks leading back to our products. And at the same time, we do the same thing with other notable publications. So blogs, content creators that have written blogs, we work with them to be like, hey, would you like to write about it and just send the backlink back to our website. And these blogs typically are designed with specific keywords so that it will rank higher and these blogs typically have a high domain authority anything above 80 is ideal for us and then the other thing is that we have a consistent stream of content on our own website one as a source of education for our visitors but also for people that are searching how to wear lashes or do i wear this style or that style we answer a lot of the questions that people typically search on google And if you've ever searched on Google a question, you might notice that there's a giant box on the first thing. That's not just a link, it's a knowledge panel. And it gives you the answer without clicking into it. So by doing so, we're actually able to show up in that knowledge panel box. So we get position number one, or some people call it position zero. And so they're like, how long do false status last? Our answer is directly right there. And they want to read more into it. They click into our website. We do stuff like that. We do out text on our website to uh, optimize for searchability and all those tactics combined and some even more, we were able to see a three times increase in site traffic from organic as well as purchases.
0: Amazing. You know, what I love about this is I I talk to a lot of our customers and even just doing this podcast, like I have learned what happens when you consistently create helpful content. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times, you know, when I'm trying to encourage a, a founder of a brand to invest in content like you have so consistently, it just feels daunting. And, and you know, I think the balance is, oh, you can spend a hundred bucks today on an ad and drive traffic, or you could spend an, an hour creating a piece of content, like a blog post that that's helpful that, you know, will be the gift that keeps on giving. And, you know, a lot of times I'm setting the expectation that you may not feel the impact of that for a year or two. Mm-hmm. It's so cool to hear that you've actually done it. You started in June, you're kind of less than 12 months in and you've seen a 3X increase.
1: Yeah, SEO is a long game. Like SEO is not a direct response ad. You're, you're most likely not gonna see results the next day, the next week, or even the next month. But it's one of those things that has campaign growth for your business. It's one of those things that once you do it, it will continuously increase over time. And
0: you're leaving so much money on the table without it. Amazing. And so is that where Privy fits in for you? I We've never met before. We never talked about this, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Like we'd love to understand how Privy fits into the story for you. Privy and any
1: lead generation in general, conceptually has been very helpful to offset the cost of pay for our business. We use Privy to collect emails and phone numbers and not just through organic, but through pay. When people come onto a website, they see that pop-up and they enter that information. Even if they don't purchase today, we're able to retarget them through our SMS and email efforts. But the other thing is by getting very qualified people through intentional design of the pop-up, we're actually able to offset the cost of our pay advertisement just through our retention efforts with the information that we get from them. And especially with iOS 14 coming out, where they're blocking a lot of these data transfers from the big, giant tech companies, it's never been this important to collect emails and SMS. It's just so important to our business that I don't think we can ever turn off pop-ups.
0: Well, look, Jason, I mean, we've got an opening on our sales team, if you want to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll let you know.
0: No, but I couldn't agree more. But yeah, I think we're seeing a lot of kind of renewed interest in building customer lists. I, you know, I've been talking for 10 years. I think it's the most important thing anyone can do. And I think what's so cool about your story is that your investment in, sure, paid, but also organic is just driving more traffic through that funnel, which is setting you up for success. And the cool thing is, you know, if you're investing in the content, that content, sure, it brings new eyeballs to you, but that's also stuff that you can repurpose into kind of storytelling and email nurture campaigns or text nurture that's still adding a lot of value without having to always be selling in your emails or your texts. So Absolutely. Cool. One of the other things, you know, that stands out to me, I would love to just get your take on this. When I look at your site, when I look at your packaging, even the video I saw you post today or last night was hilarious, but like you started on a $500 budget. Did you invest in those things from day zero?
1: Now, creative, our creative rebrand actually didn't come until a year into a business. Creative is a very delicate aspect of the brand, and it's one of those things that you really have to put time and money behind, hiring the right people with the right creative direction. So in the beginning, when I started with $500, I did things through Canva. I was on Canva making banners myself. I, I have pictures of the email banners and the pop-up banners I actually made through Canva. And a year into it, we invested about, I think it was $15,000 for a creative agency to do an entire rebrand of the website and off the logo and even dictating our brand colors but no in the beginning you're, you're not able to achieve the creative direction and the standard that we have right now with just five hundred dollars unless you're a creative director yourself but i'm not so in the beginning everything was super scrappy our logo was made on an ipad through a pen nice our website was a free shopify theme our banners were made on canva our models were through EGCs that we got from influencers. Nice. It was as scrappy as you can get.
0: I totally appreciate that because I think a lot of times now people think that's the limiting factor in launching a brand. Oh, no. And would you mind sending me like your old logo and packaging and stuff? Yeah. I'd love to, to see that. I think that'd be cool for people. to see. Yeah, I'll send it to you. But it's an incredible story. I think, you know, you don't hear this often, zero to seven figures in a year and a half. I think it, it's amazing also to hear that you had eight business, eight Shopify stores that you've tried, and it sounds like you've really found something incredible here with the Doe story. So we'll link out in the comments, but it's awesome to get the impact on the micro influencer driving the first sale, the backlink process, the constant stream of content, you know, showing up in the default search. Like it's just an amazing case study in why you need to be investing in content earlier. And I think that, you know, my take is that that's something that really needs to be driven from the founder.
1: Yeah. And listen, like content, email, retention, all these stuff are the thing that will probably save your business. When your entire business is dependent on the mercy of Facebook and Instagram and paid channels, you're only going to be as profitable as these companies allow you to be. But once you own the data through collecting the data in the first place, but also executing the plans against the data that you collect... That's when you're able to offset the cost of acquiring and retaining customers but a lot of ddc companies i see today are not putting enough emphasis on it they're like you know what let me just spend 10 million dollars on pay advertisement it's gonna return 2x we're funded whatever right but we're not i'm not funded and so for me every dollar has to count i have to stretch every dollars into two dollars it sounds like magic at some times but that's really what being a founder is you have to really make sure that you have enough money in the bank and make every dollar work for you.
0: Amazing. Jason, thank you for your time today. This has been great. You know, if you haven't checked it out yet, check out Doe Lashes. It's a beautiful site. You'll learn a lot. And you can find Jason on Twitter and LinkedIn and all that good stuff. I'll make sure we link out in the show notes and I'll see everyone next time. Thank you.